0: Hey there, Amy Porterfield here and welcome to another episode of the online marketing made easy podcast. So excited you're here today because we are talking about one of my very favorite topics and that is we are going to be diving into goal setting, specifically planning, processes, systems, all that good stuff. Now, if you follow my content, you probably already know that I'm a bit of a fanatic when it comes to planning for the new year. I just truly love it. I love new beginnings. I love changing things up. I like looking back, examining what worked, what didn't work, and then building something new or improve from there. I think we can learn a lot from things that didn't work well, and we have to really celebrate what did work well so we can build on that. There's no need to reinvent the wheel when something worked really, really good this year. So just make sure that when you start down your goal setting, path, you start to really think about what worked. Did you stop and celebrate? That's something I didn't do a lot this year. So it came to mind when I was putting my notes together for this episode and then really spend some time on what didn't work, what didn't make you feel really great and excited and want to do more of. I think reflection is really important in this process. So go to amyporterfield.com forward slash voice guide to grab your copy of the brand voice guide outline you wish you had sooner. And I can promise you, you're going to elevate your brand instantly. That's amyporterfield.com forward slash voice guide. Now, the thing is, I first struggled with creating this episode because so much of what I do in terms of planning for the new year. Was already outlined in my episode last year around this time. So it was episode number 23. And really, I highlighted how I get ready for the new year, how I create my calendar, how I do my promotions. I dove into so much that I would have probably talked about again here because these are strategies and systems and processes that I use over and over again. So here's the thing I have new information for you today, things that I've really examined and fine-tuned and got better at so that I could actually teach them. So I do have some new content for today. But if you haven't already listened to that goal-setting, planning for the new year episode that I already did, I want to encourage you to do so. So it's at amyporterfield.com forward slash 23, just the number 23. And here are some things I covered. I went into how I earn the right to promote my programs. A little bit about content development and promotion there. How to know when to say no to new opportunities. How to do more with less. How I optimized my online programs so I actually create less but expand on what I've already created more. And what to do if you're just starting out in your business and you don't know what to focus on. The importance of focusing on one big project at a time. How to create marketing funnels for increased revenue and my experience, both good and bad, with masterminds. So that's what I covered last time I went into goal setting and planning. This year, we're gonna get into a few of those things a little bit deeper, and I'm gonna introduce some new concepts that could help you with your planning as well. So for today's episode, I'm going to cover three lessons from this year that I'm taking into the new year with me. Some of them were easy lessons to learn, others not so easy. So let's go ahead and dive in. Okay, so here we go. Lesson number one is this. If you don't build in the margin now before the year actually happens, you will struggle to find that margin all year long. I'm speaking from experience on this one. So first, let's talk about margin. What is margin? What, am I, what do I mean by that? Margin to me is finding that time to breathe, finding that downtime finding the time to be creative or inspired. So margin is when you are not putting your head down and diving into the work and getting it done. And if you know my content, you know I'm a huge fan of taking action. So most of the year, I want to be taking action. But what I've noticed is that when I don't create that margin, that room to breathe, I lose that creativity. I lose the excitement for wanting to work on the projects that I used to love and now feel like work. And so margin is that space to actually breathe. So here's the deal. It could be vacation time. It could be staycation time where you just set some time to just be, be home with the kids, be home with your husband or your wife, just be in silence. It also could be time to create something new. So you're actually creating time to create. Now that's a little bit different than taking action. So to me, taking action is, I know I have a promotion coming up. I need to sit down and create a webinar. That's being creative, but it's tied to a promotion. I'm creating something. There's a due date. I've got to get it done. Go, go, go. Creating time to be creative is a little bit different where maybe you're reading some books, you're doing some new art projects that you wanted to work on, you're getting out of the house and exploring, whatever that might be, I just know deep down in my gut that we need to create more time to just be because we will be better in our business. And the reason I'm so passionate about this is because I noticed that although I had good intentions for margin this year, I didn't plan for it well enough, and so it didn't show up. And all year I was struggling to find it. And I really do think that it made me less creative and I didn't have as much fun. And let's face it, a lot of us that are building our business, entrepreneurs or those that want to build a business, we do it because we want to call the shots. We want that freedom. We want to have fun with what we're doing. And so why do this all if we're not building in that time to be inspired, be creative, have fun, just be for a moment, breathe for a second so that we're not always deep in the trenches, getting it done. Because when you do go back into the trenches, you'll be so much more effective. Now, This isn't new news. You've heard this all probably before. But the reason I bring it up here is because what I've noticed is you actually have to document it, get it set in your calendar so that it actually really happens. So this is the practical side of building in the margin. So here's the deal. The first thing before I show you or tell you, I guess, how I actually did that for this coming year, because I've done a better job for 2015 building a margin than I've ever done. So I'm going to tell you how I did that. But before I do that, I think that it's important that you get really clear about your priorities, what you really want to get done. Because what I noticed is when I jumped into the calendar and started building in margin, I already knew the big promotions, the big projects, the big things that I wanted to implement in the new year. So because that was already in my mind, I could breathe a little bit and think, "Okay, I'm going to get to all that because I'm that achiever personality, the go, go, go. So I had to ease my mind and say, we're going to get to that. We know that there's promotions we want to get to and all that good stuff. It's there. But before we actually document it, we're going to build in some margin. So to get, if you're that achiever, go, go, go type personality, or you just want to make sure you're taking action, one exercise you can do before you build in the margin is what is called the Buffett Method. This is from Warren Buffett. And I think that it's a great little exercise. It's not the end all be all, but it's just a way to get all these ideas and thoughts out of your head. So the Buffett Method goes like this. First, you're going to write down all of your priorities, a complete brain dump everything that you want to do, everything you need to do, have to do, whatever word you want to use around it, just get it all out of your head. Now, this isn't necessarily the time that you're going to be creative and thinking of great new ideas and exciting things. That can come later. The process here is just to make sure that everything that's circling around in your head, it can come out for a moment, just so we can create a little ease in your mind before you start building in that margin. So everything that you think is a priority, write it down. And this should take you a good 10, maybe 15, 20 minutes even just sitting there, putting it all down. And if you have some great ideas, you want to be creative, get them in there. There's no rules here. It's just get it out of your head. And then once you do that, step two of this method is you're going to narrow down to your top three priorities. And the reason why you're going to narrow down to your top three priorities is this is a time because we're in that reflection mode right now. This is a time to get really clear on what really matters. And in this context, we're talking business. And so you could do this for your personal life, for your health, all that good stuff, but specifically all those priorities for your business, choose the top three. And this might take you a little while. And when I did this, this was really, really hard. Now, the Buffett method for step number three is the one that just like wrecks me. And that is that he suggests that you throw the rest of the list away. Now, I don't know how practical that is for most of us. But when I read that, I thought, holy cow, what if I did throw the rest of the priorities away? What would that look like? How would that make me feel? How would that Translate into my business? What would my business look like? So the thing is, I kind of cheated. I didn't throw everything away. However, when I did do this exercise, it was really clear to me my top priorities of my business. And when those surfaced to the top, everything got a little bit more clear for me because when I looked at those top priorities, I thought, okay, so if this is a priority, then this can't be it actually starts canceling some things out sometimes. So let me give you an example of a really hard decision I had to make for this coming year. One of my top priorities for 2015 is content creation. Now, I've always felt like content was high on my list. However, quite honestly, if you look at my podcast, I didn't do tons of podcasts this year. And podcast are the number one way that I generate new, valuable, relevant content. And what I realized is that this year in 2014, content started to get pushed down at the bottom of my list because other things were taking precedent over it. And that bothered me. It didn't actually feel good because I pride myself on creating really good, valuable content. And so for 2015, it was clear. Content development was at the top of my list. And other things fall within content development for me, such as list building, because when you create great content, you can create list building opportunities around it. Of course, podcasting falls into content development, more blog posts, and also just other content that I might want to create such as a specific webinar or maybe an ebook or some cheat sheets or checklist. All of that falls into content creation for me. And it's a big one. When you put everything like that in there it's going to take me some time. So because content development is going to be taking such a focus in 2015 for me, what I realized is I had to let go of some of the other things that I wanted to do. One thing I want to do is to create a brand new program around marketing funnels. To me, I think that that is the next step for me because I teach in the Profit Lab, I teach how to create a Facebook marketing plan, which is really like a Facebook marketing funnel. But I noticed that so many of my students want more of that. They want to understand how the sales process works with social media. They want to understand how to move a social media fan or follower into a paying customer and what that funnel might look like. And there's so many different opportunities there. And so I want to teach more about marketing funnels. And so my goal was to create a program around that. However, I realized with such a focus on content creation, and I have some other things that I really want to focus on for 2015, I knew that it wouldn't allow me to create the time and space needed to create this brand new program. However, this was a blessing in disguise because what it means is that this content that I create throughout the entire year next year will definitely have an emphasis on marketing funnels. I will get to practice with new content, put it out there, see what my students think, have them play around with it and try it and give me feedback. So I have a very specific intention with my content, and that is I can start to create a library around this concept I have of marketing funnels and how that looks with social media and list building and all that good stuff. So I'm really excited about it. I didn't have to fully let go of something completely, but I did have to. Oh, be a little bit flexible in terms of what I wanted the new year to look like now, if i'm not creating that product just yet, then that means i've got to find different ways to make up the revenue that that new program or product could have contributed to the new year and so i I definitely had to look around and think, okay, how am I going to make up for that or what's going to take the place and all that good stuff and if you listen to episode number twenty three you know that one of my core beliefs is that you don't need to reinvent the wheel. And so I created Facebook Marketing Profit Lab and I created that, I think it was three years ago. So I think if I'm doing my math right, we're going into the fourth year sometime in 2015. And I continue just to make that program better. I continue to really understand what my students want. I'm focusing more on making sure that their stories are told of how they're using the program so other people can really take advantage of that. I fine tune and fine tune. So I don't need to create a whole nother program to make a really big impact in my students' lives because that free content and fine tuning what I already have done can make a really big impact. And it allows me to do what? That leads me to where I started in this lesson. It allows me to create margin. So now that I'm really clear on my top priorities, and even though I haven't thrown away everything else, I've kind of put it aside and I fine tune how it works into how I want my next year to look like. So it's really hard sometimes to completely drop a project or say no to something, but there's ways to create what you want to create by being a little bit more flexible or creative or more expansive in the way you see it. So for me, I get to create a lot of free content around this concept of marketing funnels and social and list building and see how you all like it and see what it does for your business. And then from there, imagine what I can create in terms of a paid program once we've worked on it together all year and you've gotten some really good results. Kind of sounds like a win-win, right? So just be flexible. I wanted to share that example with you because you don't always have to just say no to everything if it doesn't fit in the top three. You can get a little creative with it. So if you do this Buffett method, or if you just spend some time getting really clear on what you want to do in the new year, now it's time for the calendar process. I know you're focused on marketing and selling your digital products, but I know many of you also have physical products, and I want to talk about Shopify. Shopify. all e-commerce in the US, because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash madeeasy. All lowercase. So go to shopify.com/slash madeeasy now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash made easy. We are online marketers, which means we have unique needs. So let your marketing efforts connect with the right audience and get a hundred dollar credit on your next campaign. So if you go to LinkedIn.com slash Amy, you can get that hundred dollar credit. So that's LinkedIn.com/slash Amy. Terms and conditions apply. Now the calendar process is something I've already talked about, but I want to dive into it a little bit deeper because I learned some things this year that I didn't do last year with the calendar. So this calendar in case you haven't listened to episode 23 yet, this calendar is a huge piece of my planning process. And I'll take a picture of it and put it in the show notes. But basically, it is a big wall calendar that you can use those erasable markers with. And it's just January to December. So it's the entire year. And what I did is I sat down with my project manager. She used to be my assistant. She's more of a project manager now. We've kind of refined her role, but Travinia, And Trevinia sat down with me and we started plugging in all the things that we want to do in 2015. So I put all my product launches in there for the profit lab and I'm revitalizing my Facebook 101 program. So I'm going to do a push for that. And I have an ads program that I worked on all year that's coming out next year. So I put the ads program in there. I put my affiliate promos that I love to do. You know, B-School is something I believe in wholeheartedly and I'm always proud to promote that. And I have some other promotions as well for affiliates. So I put that all in there. And then I added my masterminds that I go to. You've probably heard me talk about my mastermind, which I dearly love. And every quarter we go on a trip. And I looked at this and I looked at Travinia and thought, this is insane. Like, I can't I can't do this because at the time I had actually built in time to create that new product I talked about as well. I hadn't made the realization that that wasn't going to happen yet. So that was in there. And I looked at it and I looked at Travinia almost in a panic. And I told her, I can't do this. And she said, this is pretty much the year we already had this year. I thought, no wonder I felt so overwhelmed. And I'll talk about some of the overwhelm I felt this year in lesson number three. So we'll get there. But I realized that this was way too much. So what we needed to do is pull back. And what Travinia wanted me to do, and I didn't do it initially, but then I said, "Okay, I'll do it, is build in some margin. So we went back in and we actually decided, I've wanted to do this forever, decided to take a full month off my good friend, Michael Hyatt, who I'll talk about a little bit more in lesson three because he kind of fits in there really well. But Michael has been urging me and his audience to build this margin in in advance. And he has taken a month off for a while now and I've always wanted to do it. So I actually planned on doing it in 2014 and I didn't stick to it. And so I was really frustrated with myself for doing that. So this time I put it into my calendar But I was fierce about it. Nothing could touch July. That's the month that I've decided to take off. I've talked to my husband about it. I've talked to my family. So I've let everyone know that this is the month. I'm not exactly even sure what I'm gonna do in this month. I have some ideas, but this is the month that we're not going to do any work. So I've already planned for that. And then I went back in and I took a few days off around important birthdays in my life. So Hobie's birthday, Cade's birthday, my birthday. And I built in some extra vacation that I wanted because great to have month of July off, but it's still, I still am going to need a few breathers throughout the rest of the year. So I put in vacation time. I don't even know what I'm doing on those days that I took off vacation, but I'm going to plan for it. And in addition to that, I put in some, what is called flex time. Now I think this came from Michael Hyatt because Trevinia also worked with Michael Hyatt. So she knows these Little really good nuggets of planning that he does. So she incorporated them into our little session and she had flex days. And I kept asking her, What are these flex days? And I kept erasing them and putting in more projects I wanted to work on. And Travinia said, You're going to be mad at yourself that you're not keeping those flex days. And so I started to put them back in. And she explained that flex days allow you some flexibility around the projects you're working on. If you need a little bit more time. If you need a little downtime, possibly, if you have a new idea and you're just dying to try it out, you have some margin in there for flexibility to do things that you want to work on. Now, you could also see your flex days as those days to create more inspiration in your life. You know, go out and do something, read a new book, take an online training program. I'm a huge fan of spending time on online training programs when I think that they're going to be really valuable for my business. So I'm a student in every sense of the word. So these flex times or flex days allow you to do that. So for me, a flex day might be two or three days in a row. I like to choose my flex days where I get a little chunk of time. So a flex day might come after a big promotion. Well, I should say, if there's a big promotion, there's always a few rest days after where it's like a little mini vacation for me. But then after that, I might do some flex days where I catch up on some things, work on some stuff that maybe I haven't gotten to lately, all that good stuff. So flex days were really important. So each month I have about three flex days built in there, except on months that are really big promotional times for me, like when I'm promoting Facebook Marketing Profit Lab. There's not a lot of flex days, but I know that they're coming in the next month so I can hang on. Another thing that I want to talk about, and I won't get into this in detail because I know I talked about it in episode 23, but in my calendar, I actually don't just put in promotions. So let's say there's a full week of a promotion. I put in the time it's going to take me to write all those emails for the promotion. I put in the content development pieces as workdays, So I'll have four or five days just to write all the email promotions for Profit Lab. And that might happen a month or two before the actual promotion so I can get ahead of it. Or if I have, let's say, the B-School promotion coming up, I know that I want to make some videos about it. I have some new ideas for my B-School promotion. I want to make videos about some of my bonuses. So I've already planned time in January to film those videos. Well, that's on my calendar. So the things that you need to do to get ready for the promotion should be in your calendar as well. And always give yourself a little bit more time than you think it's going to take because it always takes us a little bit more time. At least for me, it does. And a lot of my students would have agreed to that. So you want to build that in as well. At this point, I think we need to take a big breath because I know that I'm giving you a lot, especially if you're just starting out in your business and you're thinking, holy cow, this is super overwhelming. If you're feeling that way, one, I want you to take a deep breath and go to a place of gratitude that you get to design your business how you want it to be. All of this stuff that I'm putting into my calendar and it might seem like a lot, this is my choice. I get to do this. So because of that, I get to build in margin and flex days and vacation time and all that good stuff. So it's not so overwhelming. So just remember who's in control here. That's you, of course. You get to decide. And if you still work a full time job and you're trying to do this on the side, well, then really be gentle with yourself in terms of your calendar, knowing that something else is taking up a huge portion of your time. So whatever you put into that calendar, it's got to be the cream of the crop, the top things that you really want to do because you know you can't devote all your time to it now. So I think we need to be really careful with that about putting too much in. And you'll know if you put too much in because you'll look at this and think, holy cow, this is gonna be a crazy year. You don't need a crazy year. Listen to episode 23 because I talk about getting more done with working less. So definitely check that out as well. So that's my calendar process. Two things I'll tell you, be ready to write and erase a lot. We definitely did a lot of writing and erasing, a lot. And do it with someone who knows you well or knows your business well that can be a different perspective for you. Because what happened when I did it with Travinia is she'd say, Amy, you know you're exhausted after you do a batch of videos. You need a day off after that. That's not something I would have given myself ever. And so she was right though. I'm always really just emotionally drained after doing three, four, five videos. Also, this year I'm doing my podcast in batches where I've always said I would do that. I just never have been really diligent. I would do it for a while and then not do it. Well, I have a plan that in my calendar, there are four days, each time I'm going to do a batch, four days blocked off to record my podcast, do the research, get it done, really understand what I want to talk about, record, and then I can hand off to an editor but those are on my calendars where there's four, three, sometimes three days in a row that it's just podcasting. One thing I've learned the hard way is that when I try to work on multiple projects at a time, like in one day, if I write it, outline for my podcast, work on some new content for the Profit Lab program, and maybe work on a bonus for an affiliate thing. If that's one day of what I have on my to-do list, one, I never get to it all. And two, I am so spent because my mind is going in a million different places. So if you can design your days, if you're so lucky, and this is hard for me, but I'm going to definitely try to do this now. If you can design days based on themes, like today, it's just the Profit Lab. Today, it's just the podcast. Today, it's just a blog post. And then if I have a little extra time and energy, I can work on one more thing. I've heard lessons like this from so many people that I respect, and I always think they're crazy. But I've started to dabble with this a little bit and I've realized it actually is doable when you spend your time wisely, when you really get specific about how you want to spend your time. So just something to think about. And lastly, this is going to be a longer podcast than I planned. So I apologize for that, but I've got good stuff coming up, I promise. And the last thing I'll say about doing this calendar preparation with somebody else is it's kind of fun because you can bounce ideas off each other. I did mine with Trevinia, but my good friend Rick Mulready, he lives in San Diego and he asked if I would help him with his. So he came over to the house and we definitely dove in deep to his calendar. I think we spent at least a good two hours talking about his priorities, what he wants to focus on, what worked this year, what didn't work this year. And then we started to map it all out. I did the writing so he could just sit there and kind of just think about all of this. And believe me, there was a lot of erasing as well. But what I noticed from Rick's is some aha moments came up where he realized, oh my gosh, I have so much more time to work on XYZ than I thought. And I'm going to build it into this calendar. So he wants to work more on his funnels. So he, he's actually put time into his own calendar where he's just working on that part of the, his business every single month. Imagine how powerful that could be. So build in the time where you wanna focus the most. Now, one more thing, oh my gosh, I keep saying that. One more thing, and that is that you will realize what's really important to you when you see it on the calendar. You'll realize what you can't keep doing in order for this to actually work. Like for me, I realized I can't keep doing one-off podcasts because if I don't batch these, I don't get them done. And that's why I didn't do as many as I wanted to do this year. And you don't even know how much it crushes me when someone I meet in the real world will say, I love your podcast. I wish you'd do more. I hear that all the time. And so I know there is definitely a want or a need for it. Now I need to create the space to do it. My calendar allows me to do just that. Okay. So for reels this time, let's move on to lesson number two. And lesson number two is to build a team around your core skill set. Now, this is a huge lesson I've just recently learned and I've applied it. And so I wanted to share it here. So this is a little bit different. It's not necessarily about goal setting or planning for the new year, but I think we're all thinking about, is our team the right team? Do we have the right people in the right places? And a lot of my students and people listening are just starting out. So you might be thinking, is it time to hire a VA or maybe a project manager? I did a whole podcast all about hiring a project manager. I'll put that in the show notes, a link to it because it's a good time getting into the new year to think about your team and who you wanna hire. But here's the deal, why lesson number two is about building a team around your core skills. And what I mean by that specifically is get really clear about what you're good at and where you love to spend your time and where you specifically make the biggest impact in your business. And someone probably a lot more advanced than me in business would say, and then hire people to do everything else. Now, I'm not really there yet. I still have my hands in things I probably should hire out. I'm just not ready to expand the team that much. I've never really wanted a big team. So I want to be really careful with each of my hiring uh, decisions. However, getting back to your core skills and what you're good at and what you love to do, and most importantly, where you make the biggest impact in your business, when you realize that or when you're very clear about that, it helps you decide who you need to hire. And let me give you an example. One thing that I know that I'm really good at and that I love more than anything in my business and where I make the biggest impact is through my trainings and the content that I deliver. So through webinars, my podcast, my paid programs, my free programs, the teaching, the getting the content out there, the delivery of it, and just knowing what my audience needs That is what I love the most out of everything I do. And I didn't do that as much this year because I had my hands in everything else. But what I noticed where I was getting stuck is finding the time to do the research, to prepare the content, to find the great ideas that my audience wants, to survey my audience and listen to them and find out what they need. Some of that was getting pushed to the side. So what I decided to do and what I've actually just done Is hired a full time content development manager. Now, I'm at a time in my business that I can hire someone full time. The revenue this year has been amazing. And so I want to put some of that back into the business. A year or two ago, I might not have been in a place to hire someone full time. This is the first full time position I've ever hired for. Now, if you followed me throughout the years, you know Rebecca used to help me a lot with my content development. And Rebecca, about mid year, decided to move on to do more of her own things. And I couldn't be more happier for her. I love when people decide that they want to focus more on their own business and they go with it. So once Rebecca decided she wanted to move on, I knew that I needed to fill the role of a content development manager. But here's the deal. Where I messed up with Rebecca, and this is obviously the big confession podcast because I'm telling you all my little secrets, but where I messed up with Rebecca is I had her hands in too many things. So when Rebecca came on, she actually was my assistant And then she moved into more content development because she's a writer and she loves to create and repurpose content. And I saw the need there, but she still did some project management, assistant kind of stuff. And so her hands were in everything. So content never got her full focus. And that's my fault. That's how I designed the team and I needed to fix it. So once Rebecca moved on, I knew that I was going to hire a content development manager that was going to be full time. And that's all she was going to do. And I've enlisted Travinia to make sure that that's all this person does, meaning Travinia has to kind of keep me honest about where I'm doling out new projects and tasks and all that to make sure that this new role stays really clean with what it was meant to do. And so, because this new role is going to help me with research and outline and surveying my audience and finding out where there might be holes or blind spots or things needed in terms of teaching and creating. I can then come to the table, get the support I need to do what I do best. So that's what I mean about building a team around your core skills. What do you do best and what's holding you back from actually doing that? It might be that you're just doing too much in your business, like you're doing admin roles, you're doing the bookkeeping, you're doing all the actual editing of your videos or podcasts and all that good stuff. That means that you need more support in terms of a VA or a project manager. For me, it was a little bit different. I needed some extra support of what I already wanted to do and what I was already loving to do. I couldn't do it because I needed extra support around that topic or that theme of content development. And so that's what I've hired for. So it's just a little bit of a different way to look at things. And I wanted to throw it out there because I talk a lot about outsourcing and hiring. And this time I feel like I've done it really in a focused, smart way so I can be better. I can be better at what I love to do and what I think that you all want more from me. And that is more training, more content, more free, good, valuable stuff that you can apply to your business and grow your business. So you'll definitely be seeing more of that. But I just wanted to kind of throw that out there as a new, different way to look at hiring in case you were thinking about expanding your team for the new year. Okay, so lesson number three is going to sound a little bit weird in the beginning, but stay with me here because to me, this is the most powerful lesson I learned in 2014. And it's something that I think you really can get a lot of value from. And the lesson is this, you need to add some soul to your goal setting experience. Yes, I said soul, a word I don't use a lot in my podcast, but it's important to actually use it here. And what I mean is to put more meaning behind those goals that you're setting. But I have a little story with this. So, financially speaking, this year, 2014, was our best year ever. We more than doubled our revenue. I officially have built a million dollar business and then some, and I couldn't be more proud. But somewhere along the way, this year, I started to focus more on the opportunities and less on that margin that I had promised myself. And I don't know about you, but I tend to learn lessons the hard way, meaning, they affect me, they emotionally hurt me in one way or the other. And that's when I stand up, pay attention and say, okay, I gotcha. I'm listening. I'm paying attention. I see where we have a problem here. And so with me, it was, I was saying yes to more opportunities and doing more of what worked, but a little, probably a little too much. And because of that, I started to actually feel that it was just overwhelming. And so Yes, we had the best year ever financially, but we all know it's not all about money. And I believe in my gut that I can earn just as much by still applying more margin in my life. I need more breathing space. And that was very, very apparent this year. And my team was aware of it. We've talked about it. And I'm just really grateful that I learned from my experiences because this will never, ever happen again. So here's the deal. Because I spent more hours working this year than I had actually planned, I don't want to repeat that. So I had to re examine how all this happened. And here's the deal. In the past, when I was setting goals, I was thinking about all that I wanted to accomplish, get done, achieve. All I thought about is what do I want to create and what do I want to generate in terms of revenue and impact. How do I want to deliver my message to my students? All of that is so very important. But because I'm that achiever, go-getter personality, it was all about, you know, these big, audacious goals. And after I set these goals in the past, here's what happened. I'd feel really excited about them, energized about these goals for a few days. And then these weird feelings of anxiousness and stress would creep in. Now, I'm a worrier by nature. So I'm very aware when that happens, it might just be me being a little bit more worrisome than I need to be. And I didn't really pay attention to those feelings much. So I pushed them aside, went on our way, and we were able to create some pretty amazing successes this year. But that heavy, stressful feeling never really went away. Now, why did this happen? Here I created all these goals that I wanted to create, and I was so very excited about them, but then I'd feel a little bit stressed or overwhelmed. I shouldn't say a little, a lot when I'd really look at them. Well, I did a bit of research and a little bit of soul searching. There's that word again, a little soul searching. And I realized that I often created goals with my head and not my heart. Now, I know that sounds woo woo for you guys and girls that are thinking, where are you going, Amy? This isn't your typical thing, but stay with me here because this is the important part. What I wasn't doing is I wasn't asking why I wanted to accomplish what I wanted to accomplish. So I put down these goals, these big financial goals. And these big projects and programs and launches and all that good stuff. But I never, ever took a minute to ask myself, why do you want these? And if I wanted to go surface, I could say, well, I want these because I want to create success. I want to create this really great, successful business that supports my family, allows us to have freedom and do fun things. and, And all of that's good. But that's really surface. I knew there was more to it. And I just wasn't asking the question. So here's the deal. What I know now is that when the why is missing, goal setting can actually hurt your business massively. Now, I was lucky enough to catch it early enough because I realized this was happening really a few months ago and I kind of redirected quickly to get to the meaning or the why behind what I was doing. But if I let this go anymore, it could hurt my business massively. How so? Well, the way I see it, goals without the why Are just empty promises. They're meaningless, in fact. They don't mean anything. We're not going to get excited when we actually meet the goals. And goals without the why can quickly deplete your energy, make you feel less than, create massive overwhelm, and really honestly can suck the creativity right out of you. So it's so very important that we put the why back into our goal setting. And I'm passionate about this now because I saw what it could have done to me and my business and my family if I didn't correct this quickly. So this year, I've changed things up dramatically and my goal setting looks a whole lot different. Now, I wanna give credit to Danielle Laporte because my first introduction to asking myself, why do I want what I want, really came from Danielle. So I'll link to a few articles that she's done around this concept that just kind of blew my mind. And so that's where this whole thing started and then I just kind of ran with it how it made the most sense for me and who I am. And with that, I vowed to never again set a goal where there wasn't that why or that meaning behind it. So to put it another way, I just did a little bit of a gut check and realized that this had to change. So you might be wondering if you actually have the why behind your goals. And I wanna do this little quiz. It's just a little quiz I made up, but I think that it really answers the question if you've gone about things in your business with true meaning or the why behind things. So here's the first question. And to back up, we all have great intentions. We all think that we want to go in there with goals that mean something to us. But I think as busy entrepreneurs, this step sometimes gets missed. So here's some questions I want you to ask yourself. So I'm going to say some statements and I want you to see if you can answer yes to any of these. Here's the first one. You've worked really hard this year but still feel like you're not where you want to be. So you've got this feeling that, oh, I'm just not there yet, but I worked my tail off. I hustled to get there. Or maybe you feel like you're so close to achieving something that you've really wanted for you or your business, but you feel you still got a big hill to climb. Like there's a still, not a hill, a mountain ahead of you to get where you want to get. But there's still this weird feeling and you're like, I know I'm so close, but there's so much work ahead of me. Or at times it feels like the work you're doing for your business is actually draining you of your energy and creativity. You love your work or you love what you do, but it still seems to be zapping that energy out of you. Or you tell yourself, if I keep hustling, if I keep pushing forward, I will get what I deserve. I just need to keep working harder. So if you've answered yes to any of these things, you're not alone. In fact, the reason I knew which statements to say is because I've been there with all of these sometime or another in my life. And when you've answered yes to any of these, it might be a time for you to start reflecting about the goals you're setting and making sure that they actually are aligned with what's most important to you. So I just want to put that out there because if we're not feeling good about what we're creating, and if we don't feel accomplished in our business, then why are we doing this anyway, right? So I wanted to kind of come back to this whole idea of goal setting. I'm a huge fan of setting goals, but I think we need to do it a little bit of a different way. So here's the thing. I want your new goals to move you forward, and I want them to invite in new opportunities for you and make you feel fully alive and excited about what you're doing. And in my journey to get more meaningful or soulful about my goal setting, I was introduced to Michael Hyatt's goal setting philosophy. Remember, I said I'd bring him up again in step number three. So Michael has this whole program about goal setting and to kick off his program about goal setting, he's actually put together some free content around the concept of setting goals with meaning. And so I thought this is a perfect time for me to encourage you to go check it out. I've watched all three videos that he's done and they're definitely aligned with this whole idea of creating more goals with more meaning. So if you're with me here, if you think this is something that you want to explore, you've got to check out his free training. So right now, unfortunately, if you're listening to this way past the time I recorded it, this won't be live anymore, but for a limited time, he's got these videos out there, totally free, 100% aligned with what I'm talking about here, and I want you to check them out. He spent a lot of time and effort creating these three free videos, and that really shows in these videos. Like He really wanted to teach something of great value. That was totally free and he knocked it out of the park. So if you go to amyporterfield.com forward slash goals, just G O A L S. So amyporterfield.com forward slash goals, you can check out his free video series. Definitely worth it. If you've been following my stuff, you know I'm a huge fan of Michael Hyatt and I can honestly call him a friend. This year we've gotten to spend actually a lot of time together, more so than I thought was going to happen. And every time I'm around this guy, I feel inspired excited to do what I do. And he always gives me these little nuggets of strategy and systems that I just eat up. And so that's the kind of guy he is. He, he gives great, great value. So anyway, amyporterfield.com forward slash goals. Okay. So there you have it. Just to recap, here are the three lessons I learned this year that you too can apply to your planning process as you get ready for the new year. Number one, build margin into your year in advance. Don't wait to find pockets of time that you can take off. Be intentional about it and protect that time off with your life. Number two, get strategic about your hiring plans and build a team around your skill sets. Find that one person or those people that will accentuate your skill set and talents and allow you to do more of what you do great. And number three, create goals with soul and What I mean by this is put some meaning back into your goals. Figure out the why before you commit to saying you're going to do anything in the new year. Danielle Laporte was a huge, huge mentor of mine in this this way of thinking. And Michael Hyatt, his new video series, I think is awesome and fully aligned with this whole concept of why. So those are two resources that you can check out for sure. Finally, all the links and details that I talked about here can be found in my show notes at amyporterfield.com forward slash 41, just the number 41. Until we talk again, good luck with all of your goal setting, planning and processes and systems that you're going to put in place. Here's to the best year yet. I'll talk to you again soon. Take care.